Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today. And the two of the ladies will be discussing how the truth is always kinder, even if it's harder in the moment, as well as how we have the power to decide how we feel. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday, so I am Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by my fabulous co-host, Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Yay. So, Woo! <laughs> Oh, so the show's here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KK&W, always bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers. And our mission is to share with you tools and tips to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. Of course, you can always access the show archives at 1150kknw.com. Benny is always very good about posting the show within like an hour or two right after, so you can always get those archives immediately. I don't slouch, Captain. You I'm do on it. not, mm-hmm. man. It used to be I. It used to be like Monday or something when it happened. No, that never happened. And that wasn't on my watch. A, that was no, not no. on your watch. That was <laughs> never, not on your watch ever. And the minute I brought it yeah, up, Benny once. was like, oh, "Well, no." <laughs> that there has been at least one time. Okay, well, you that was not that was completely. <laughs> it was a holiday party. It went late. Oh no. <laughs> oh. I don't Remember. Well, we should probably talk through that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. What happened? But so, yes, you're right. Other than yes. That. So, yes. Thank you, Benny, for mm-hmm. doing that. So you can catch those archives at 1150kknw.com. Um, find out more about me and my coaching practice at my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. Um, don't forget that you can grab a free copy of my book, Unhitched. Um, at the website I've set up special for you guys to be able to download the book for free. It is unhitchedbook.com. And the book is all about uh, my story and the tools and the things that I did um, to get to a really good place with my ex-husband after our divorce. So um, if you are struggling in your marriage or you know someone who is, it will guide you through answering the question of whether to stay or go and all the in-between stuff, and if you do decide to ultimately leave, how to do it gracefully. Um, so, unhitchedbook.com. Okay, Alessandra, I'm passing it to you. What are you how do yeah, people find you? And I do want to say, I mean, I'm seeing some really great reviews of your book. It's oh, so thanks. exciting to see that. I will say, um, it is for, I always, I think until someone tells me I'm not allowed to do it, I'm going to offer the download for free at unhitchedbook.com, but it is available for pre-order on Amazon. And one of the best things in the world, because it helps me with the book distribution and it makes my publisher happy and me happy, is if you leave reviews on Amazon, if you're able to do that. I know Amazon has some funny rules, you know, like you have to have purchased $50 on Amazon in the last month or two months or something like that. Um, Yeah. Last year or something like like if you share an account with someone, then I I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, not to discourage anyone, but I would be very, very pleased and grateful if anyone out there would love to leave a review uh, on Amazon. So thank you for yes, mentioning that, Alessandra. Of course, yes. And um, yeah, and if people want to learn more about me or my work, you can go to my website. It's Alessandra, A-L-Y-S-O-N-D-R-A, Duke.com. And um, if you want to get 
coaching with me or you want to show up and maybe do a workshop or a retreat, I'll be listing some of those for 2019 soon. Where are you going to be doing a retreat? I think I'm going to host one in the Bellingham area and put it at a place where people can stay the night and do something. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I want to just like maybe something earlier on in the year. I've got this really good program that I've been working on. Um, uh, it, it can be for women entrepreneurs, but it can also just be anybody who's wanting to just like light a fire in their own life and make some good change and get clear and get um, some clarity on I what direction that. they're going. Yeah. So, so keep an eye on my website for that kind of information. I'll be posting it soon. Awesome. And I'll email you. I'll tell you specifically. Thank you. I appreciate I'd love that. to have you there. Benny, um, you could come too if you'd like. Oh, thank you. You could be the special. Yes, the, the solo male. The solo male. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> be the male representative. Standing there all black with shades. Yes. With the earpiece. Bodyguard. I'm, I'm with them. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do want to be, yeah, maybe of such See. elevated status that I do need mm-hmm. some kind of security guard. Mm-hmm. So we could just start yeah. this process now. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Go big or go home. <laughs> That's right. Oh, also, while we're talking about events. I want to mention, I know that we're in the Seattle area, but um, some of our listeners have been a part of my Sacred Supper Club group. Um, so it, it used to be, it was a quarterly dinner event for a couple of years that we did, um, you know, anywhere from Seattle to L.A. to Portland, Austin. Um, and we took a year off in 2018 for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was my ex-husband's passing and some other things. So um, anyway, we are back with Sacred Supper Club. Our next one is planned. It's in Austin, Texas, taking it back to the roots where it all began. It'll be January 26th, 2019. Um, it's at my best friend's home um, in Austin. It is so beautiful. And um, we'd love to have you join us if you're going to be in the Austin area or you want to make a special trip. We do have some Seattleites who are already signed up and registered to go down and do this event. Um, it was inspired by my old life where I used to love to entertain, have lots of parties, good wine, good food. But the conversation always felt a little bit empty or superficial. Um, and I had great friends. It's just I think that we were not ever really trained that we were supposed to go deep. And I like to go deep on dinner party talk conversations. So we get together and we have meaningful conversations. We talk about the universe. We get a little shamelessly spiritual. We've got um, a great featured guest, who um, Stephanie Levinston, who's been on the show before. Um, everybody gets a free copy of my book. We're going to do, of course, our traditional coconut breaking ceremony at the end. It's a fun event. So if you're interested, want to find out more, or at least even get on the list um, for future notices when we come back around to Seattle, um, I have the event listed on my website, goldenoversoul.com. Um, and you can email me or contact me through the website if you want to be put on the list for future notices. So anyway, thought I'd throw that out there, too. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'll be there. Yay! I'm going to make the trip down to Austin. I'm, I'm excited. so excited. Yeah. I can't wait. Yes, it'll be Alessandra's first Sacred Supper Club event. Yes. So if anybody wants to join me, Woo-hoo. come on. Um, yeah, so I know we've got a couple of topics that have been on deck for today um, because they're things that have come up in our lives mm-hmm. or things we've been thinking about or working on. But before, I think it's more important that we follow up with Benny on some questions we wanted to ask him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alessandra and I had dinner last night <laughs> since she stayed over at our place because she's in Bellingham yeah. now. Um, and so... Do I have my dings and my buzzers ready? <laughs> so, I Get ready, Benny. Our last... Well, we had talked to Benny. Or, and actually, <laughs> Alessandra, you weren't even in the studio, but it had come up that there were several listeners out there who have crushes on Benny. And Benny is single. 
Benny is yes. open to relationship. Is that appropriate way to put it? <laughs> <laughs> and Benny is so fabulous. Yes. He, you have that you will get dings when you like, yes, exactly. right question. <laughs> Just right. walk around with a dinger. Imagine <laughs> signing up for that for your life. It's like your partner just like you get a ding. Yes. Every time you get it right. Take the trash out, get a ding. I feel like yes. I'm working up to being like a game show host or something yes. like, like Come on down. Yes. <laughs> right. But I wanted to ask because, you know, so maybe if you're narrowing the search, like we had no idea what you're even looking for. Like what age range is, are you open to? Do you have a well, I'm, I'll be soon to be 42 in January. So within six, five, six years of that, I think that's a good little hub for me. Yeah. Um, for starters, I'm not excluding the other age ranges, uh-huh. other above, but I think I'm going to stick around that. Maybe a little older. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And intelligence is key. Yes. Okay. Intelligence. Uh-huh. Um, what about kids? Uh, I have two. That's plenty. Uh huh. Okay. If they have some, <laughs> that's fine with me too. But no mas. No, no new ones. No mas. No additions. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? Do you think there's Did any I confuse you a little bit there? <laughs> I just was like... thinking, like, what if you met someone and they were fabulous and they're all the things that you want? I mean, can you really say no mas? Yeah. You know? Oh. Okay. <laughs> She's like, well, there goes that idea. I had someone in the wings, but no. I know, but forget it. I've just never had any... I, I have had a number on it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a shallow answer or oh, I, I anything. No, no. no okay. I think it's very to wise. To do, kids are kind of a big deal. They're kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have them at the same time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, and you're very tall. Yeah. So not super tall. Not like mega tall. You're over six. Six one. Yeah. And three quarters. Pretty tall. Okay, that feels really tall. To that's me. NBA range, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does somebody? Well, need I mean, to any range is NBA range, really. But I'm not like massive. Does somebody need to be? Tall, like oh, I have no joke. There's height. no range on that. Okay, okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. Are you <laughs> saying like if I have a, a complex around if someone's taller than me? Um, no. no. <laughs> if somebody is too short, Mm-mm. is there okay? okay. There's no too no. short, and they okay. can be taller than you. Too. Have you seen Shaquille O'Neal and his wife? Oh, that is true. <laughs> okay. What is her name? Cookie. I think so. Yeah. yeah. How, how tall is she? Like five four. two. Yeah. One, and he's seven. I'm right at five. Five, I think, or four. Yeah. He's massive. Mm-hmm. Two feet difference. Mm-hmm. Two feet. Yeah. That's a lot. Or okay, maybe what, more. What else? Okay, what's your sign? Capricorn. Okay. Well, I don't even know what that goes with or doesn't go with. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tune so into some of our has. other shows here but at the Mighty 1150. <laughs> some of our listeners might. I think some of our listeners might. I bet And what some... if someone was like, he sounds ideal, but please don't let him be. I love that you guys are like my little matchmaker. Gemini. Like... Oh, and speaking of which, I met someone last week, and he was like, I've had three Geminis. I've divorced two of them. I cannot do any more Geminis. And so, I am a Gemini. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, then probably not good well, for you to meet him. For any Geminis listening, I don't know if you feel like you're difficult to deal with, but I think we're a little bit of a handful. <laughs> okay. I would say a really fun handful. Yes, I think it's a fun handful. But, Wait yeah. for that? <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> it does kind of brighten your day. Yeah, it? it does. <laughs> it does. You just follow me around throughout my day and do that right. when I get things right. <laughs> I haven't heard it all day, Benny. Why? Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of these. There's yeah. no ding-worthy <laughs> efforts right. today. Very <laughs> Alessandra, you did not earn your dings today. <laughs> right. Dang it. 
See, you could have this much fun if you were dating Benny. So <gasps> submit yes. your applications. How should they that's do that? That's what you could sell. Yeah, we could, we, if we could be your matchmaker screener people. So can people they, can. That's fine. How did your listeners let you know that they had a crush on him? Uh, well, I got several uh, iMessages during the show. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. When I announced it one time, and then I got a couple of iMessages because most of these are folks that I know enough where we're either okay. connected on Facebook or I have their phone number. Yeah. Um, and so they, I, and I, then I got out. I usually can see iMessage when it comes in, but then after the show, I got on Facebook and I had like three other messages from other <laughs> listeners. So anyway, there were quite a few, but as I, I think several of them were partnered, uh, I think one that was actually uh, available and in the age range. So maybe maybe she'll reach out again. Okay. So we'll oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I know it's kind of fun. I, I need like some to... theme music or something, yeah. like some dating game music. Yes, that we can do updates and and. <laughs> And you know, s- subsequent episodes of the show, or just a little s- pop-in segment. Yes, yes. This like, week I on think dating you, with Benny. Dating with Benny. Yeah, right? Like, I feel like I think you need to choose your own theme song. Yeah, like, I what could. song embodies dating Benny, and then that's what we need to enter with. Ooh, and he's okay. He can be working on that. He's like uh, thinking about. Yeah, it I can tell because you know he has like he has uh, at his fingertips every yes. song ever. Created yeah, but my head spins out because. Time. But it's it's for me. So like, there's so many. <laughs> Like, I don't know where to start. Return of the Mac. Hey. <laughs> nice. How did that I do song like even that. come into your head? Because it's amazing. It's a really good song. <laughs> I like Mark Rose. I mean, it's a classic period, but I mean, also, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard that in a long time. <laughs> okay, so while Benny works on music, and Benny, if any other character or any other, what do you, like, what, characteristics come up that you yes. want to throw into the mix? Sure. Well, yeah. Okay. There we go. Oh. That's it. I think it does. I think it it fits really well. Good job. Okay. Love this show. (laughs) Okay, so um, on to more serious topics. Thank you for the first fifteen minutes. (laughs) Well, it came up at dinner last night, so we thought it might be fun to actually talk to you about it on air. You guys drinking at the time too? Would you have it a sippy sippy? A little bit of something. All righty. I can neither confirm nor deny deny. that that was happening. (laughs) Well played. But I do think that, that it was a fun conversation all about Benny. Yeah. And so I'm glad that we're bringing it here and sharing it with listeners. Yes. This is what we talk about when we're not in the studio. Yes. <laughs> you know, I used to always wonder when I was. Um, when I, was, I just want know, this in the background. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Early 20s. And I would think like, wow, people with PhDs or people that, you know, have done all this education. What do they, what talk, they about? talk about? Like. They, they must be having such intellectual conversation. And now I feel like on the other side of that, right. you know, you as former attorney, <laughs> me, PhD, what we decide to spend our time talking about, <laughs> Benny's dating life. <laughs> what is Benny doing? And does he have a height requirement? I know. That's the question. I know. What sign is he? <laughs> oh, I love it. That's all I could say. I love it. That's all I could say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your face hurts, doesn't it? It does. I know. I'm well, smiling. And it, this is why I no longer wear mascara on my the bottom lashes because I end up smiling and laughing so much that it runs down my face. That's so. such a good problem to have in it life. It is, isn't it? Like, I smile and laugh too much. <laughs> I can't wear mascara on my lower lashes. That's amazing. Good life. I have that yeah. problem, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's talk about things. Okay. So what do we want to start with? Because... Um, 
maybe actually let's do we might can we start with the thing that was a little tougher for me this week because I think ending on the more empowerment note about the thought work and the thought management because I used a lot of that this week in this situation in addition so um, they can all tie in together yeah and I really believe Brene Brown her advice on you know when you have something that sends you into a shame spiral or you feel incredibly vulnerable something that's come up that Make sure that, you know, you you share it with the compassionate witness that would be a, a trusted friend or friends and, and get healed on it before you share it. And so I'm just saying, like, this is pretty fresh for me, so um, I'm going to be a little more vague in the details. And um, But it was important. It's been on my mind and my heart this week. Um, in fact, for a very long time, um, it kind of came to a head this week. Um, so I have a friend um, that um, there were some – there was – stuff that needed to be shared with this mm-hmm. friend. Um, and um, I didn't want to hurt feelings. I did not want to um, c- create conflict. I'm very conflict avoidant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't make a very good attorney for that reason. <laughs> yes, not my happy place. Um, so uh, I didn't end up being very clear or concise in what I shared a while back about, you know, what my feelings about this particular situation. And, you know, when we're vague... Um, our minds are fabulous machines, but um, I love the way Jill Bolte Taylor writes about this. She's been a guest on the show. She was a, a neuroscientist from Harvard, and um, you know she describes our left brain as this this evidence gathering machine. That you know when something happens, you have limited information, and it's a survival mechanism, really. And your brain will go, okay, so we have this limited evidence. Let's come up with. What could actually be happening here? And can we just use the example oh, yes. of me me coming to stay with yes, you? Yes, so then- Sunny came and stayed at my yeah. place in Bellingham, which I'm renting temporarily. Uh-huh. And when you came, I was so glad you were there. And afterwards, I made up a story uh, that you hated the house and you didn't ever want to visit again. Yeah, and I will just say, like, I <laughs> And I've been writing on that story for a month. Which and I kind of wondered, like, because I, I felt like we hadn't been communicating quite as frequently, and I thought, did I do something to offend Alessandra while I stayed uh, at her house? Oh no! And here, and I feel like all I did was smile and laugh the entire time. Like we had a ball. It was like twenty four hours of just solid fun with yes. Kelsey and your mom, and and so then, you were wonderful. Yeah, and so Alessandra, like, there was literally no evidence that I had not had a good time. Yeah, and like yet, I think maybe because I didn't talk to you very much afterwards or something. Yeah, because you, well, yeah. your mom was in town and you were decompressing. And, yes. and see, when you have guests, you know, you've got to get back in your groove. Yes. And Yeah, so I didn't think anything of it. And and so just this is the example. Like there are three million different possibilities of what Alessandra could have thought about that stay. And I think the most remote possibility was that I hadn't had a good time, hadn't liked the house, and didn't want to come back. Yeah. Like, where did she come up with that? But that's what the mind does. Our minds, um, I think it was Rick Hansen who said, our minds are like Teflon for the good and Velcro for the bad. Mm-hmm. So with limited information, maybe I had one glance where I wasn't smiling, and then at that moment she was like, why isn't she smiling? She must not like it here. Our minds will go to the very worst places. And... Uh, until we give it evidence for something else. Um, I remember Byron Katie, you know, she is the queen of, uh, of thought work and thought management in my mm-hmm. book. Um, and she has a system of inquiry where you question your painful thought. And these, the example that she uses in her book, Loving What Is, is she went into the bathroom at a restaurant and the seat was wet in the women's restroom. 
and a woman had passed her coming out of the stall. Mm -hmm. And so her first thought was, oh, how callous. How could she be so inconsiderate that she wouldn't have noticed that she had done this? And then her next thought was, oh, maybe she has um, a... a, um, either a, a handicap of some mm-hmm. sort, or perhaps she has Alzheimer's and isn't really aware of what's happening as much. And she was like, oh, maybe it was Alzheimer's. Then she thought, maybe, maybe it was a, a man in women's clothing. In the, and she writes about all these <laughs> possibilities where her mind went. She uses the stall, flushes it, and notices that the water from the toilet bowl is splashing oh, up. So yeah. it was none of what her mind came yes. up with. So I mention all this just to say, if you have a perception around why someone is, you know, why someone may be mad at you, why your relationship is not working with someone, what happened at your job, just be open to the possibility that your story that you have come up with may not be the truth no. or the reality for the other person. So I bring all this up to say... I created a situation for this friend of mine where I was vague in communicating what needed to be said mm-hmm. in an effort not to hurt feelings. And what ended up happening was, um, you know, uh, there was a huge misperception. There was a huge miscommunication, lots of confusion. And, um, and we ended up in communication this week, and I realized how deeply I had hurt this person. I suspected, I, I knew that I had not handled things well because I hadn't been truthful. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite teachers always says that, that, that the truth is always kind. And I have questioned that, frankly, before, mm-hmm. because I think there's got to be a situation where the truth wouldn't be kind. But, you know, honestly, I think about the hardest thing I've ever said to anyone was my ex-husband, my husband at the time, um, and we were in therapy, we were separated, and our agreement was that if either one of us knew that reconciliation wasn't possible, we'd let the other person know as soon as we knew that we knew that we knew so that we wouldn't string anyone along, so that we wouldn't be, uh, so that we would free each other up to be, yeah. to move toward a new life. Mm-hmm. And I sat on that knowing for a long time, and it, I know in the long run it caused more pain than good, and when I finally said it, it was the hardest thing I ever said, but in the end, even though it was difficult to say, even though it wasn't what he wanted to hear, it was kinder than his intuition picking up that I was checked out of the marriage, right. that I didn't want to be there. And it you was denying it, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like gaslighting. It's yes. crazy making yep. for the person on the receiving yep. end of that. So, you know, it, the truth, I think, is kind because it frees everyone to do what they then need to do, even mm-hmm. if it's uncomfortable. So I didn't handle that well. And um, and so, uh, anyway, I, I've been kind of on a rant here. Not well, rant, no, but I mean, soapbox, I'm just but. listening to you and thinking, okay, for you in this instance, it just sounds like you got so nervous about the potential of this person being hurt that that maybe the hope was the vagaries would just yeah. make the, the situation kind of go away. Yeah. And I guess I'm curious, every time that you felt like you were vague with her, did you feel yourself, could you feel that in your gut? Like, I'm not being totally honest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a really visceral body thing for me now because, you know, I use the body compass and we've talked about it on the show, mm-hmm. you know, things that are moving you towards your right life, the people, the places, the things feel shackles off in the body. They feel light and expansive. Things that are moving you away from your right life feel constricted or shackles mm-hmm. on. And usually when someone speaks an untruth or lives an untruth, yeah. <laughs> your body will react. It's like why a polygraph test works. Mm-hmm. Um, we as humans, unless you're a sociopath or a psychopath, um, you know, usually have an immediate and automatic response mm-hmm. to an untruth. So, yes, as it's coming out of my mouth, I know that it's not everything that needs to be said. I, by omission, I am being untruthful. Yeah. 
and I felt it, man. Yeah. It was, and so every conversation was stumbling and awkward. Mm-hmm. And the, the advice that I, and I, this is the thing, I do this with my clients. I know this for myself, and I didn't apply it in this particular situation. I used to do this with my ex-husband because, as, because he was a litigator and he was a master in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. I would get all flustered and discombobulated anytime we'd get into a conflict or uh, an, a disagreement, even if we were trying to be reasonable and talk yeah. it out. I could not, my thoughts would just fly out of my head. Mm -hmm. And so what I ended up doing was I would, number one, write down the bullet points of the things that I knew I wanted to say, the high points I needed to hit. I would bring that to our discussions because I knew I needed it. And I would also practice saying it in the mirror beforehand because having something, reading something on paper and saying, having it come out of your mouth is very different. Mm -hmm. So now with Mm -hmm. clients, we practice these things. We practice Mm -hmm. what the person is going to say. Mm-hmm. And maybe even do some role play where they get to have it locked and loaded by the time they enter this conversation with their spouse, with yes. their boss, with whoever. And I'm not the first person to say to do that. I've, there are speaking coaches I know that do this, mm-hmm. all, like Alexia Vernon, who is on the show. She does this with mm-hmm. people, too. Um, so I highly, highly recommend this. And I did not do that yeah. in this situation. What do you think that you would have needed? Like, what? Would, looking back, if we were to rewind the tape. What would have helped you to just say what needed to be said? Because when we're when we're not speaking that truth, it we're tr- we're we're trying to be kind. We're trying to be um, gentle with that person, mm-hmm. but like you're saying, it ends up doing harm. And mm-hmm. and I know I think that we both would agree that if if someone was in some kind of relationship with us, whether it's like a uh, personal partnership, business partnership, something mm-hmm. like that, and they felt feelings like I don't want to do this anymore. That you and I would want to know that, right? Oh, yes, or like like yesterday, we would want to know that. Yeah, and oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no. So I'm just curious what you would have needed because I think it's really hard for people to be to be really honest and truthful. But I think it's what we all want. Well, you know, I, this is looking back on it now. I think what I needed was to know to have proof, like learning this the hard way with this particular, because I don't know if the friendship, frankly, will be salvageable after this. Yeah. Um, and that is, um, I think, primarily my doing, because I was, I I didn't handle it well at the outset. Mm-hmm. Knowing how this feels now and knowing, looking back, how much kinder the truth would have been, um, I don't, that, the experience of this pain is now greater than my fear mm-hmm. of speaking truth in the future. And, and even an example, I had the opportunity um, to uh, to have a potential uh, collaboration um, with a couple of other people to do a little business venture. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this happened um, a couple months ago. And <clears throat> in this particular situation, while I adored um, this group that we had kind of brainstormed around what we would want to do, we, um, we did um, a little trial event. And um, I I knew now from experience that I needed to be careful um, in how I communicated because mm-hmm. there had been some tension around this other situation. Um, and, and I knew I didn't want to ever have that happen again. And so I, at the outset, said, look, I love you guys so much. Um, I, I like us professionally. I like us personally. I do not have the bandwidth right now to do this. And I want to mm-hmm. let you know so that there are no expectations so that we don't get far down the road. Um, and I, this is, I have been very afraid to tell you that I don't think that I can be a part of this collaboration. Um, but I need to say it because I was not clear in a past relationship and I don't ever want to make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the women at the table said, 
thank you so much. She was like very surprised and so appreciative. And I thought, darn it, that was easy. Like, and everybody, like you could just tell there was, there were no intuitive hunches like that I was not being truly forthcoming. Like every, you could just tell the truth just landed and it felt good to everyone, even though it might've been a little disappointing that this wasn't going to be a collaboration after all. Well, at any time we're being authentic in our lives, we are going to disappoint people. Yeah. We just, you can't possibly be, there's no way to be simultaneously authentic and keep everyone around you pleased. I agree. Right? Like someone's going to want you to do something differently, right? So so somebody's going to have a preference that you participate or that you, when you participate, you're doing it in this different way. So someone's always going to be disappointed. And I think that that's something that I've had to really sit with myself is thinking like, okay, if no matter what I do, someone is going to be disappointed, then why not be truthful? I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. And yeah. Kelly Ripa says, disappoint one person every day. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> should we take our break and I then come back? Should. Okay. Uh, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am Sunny, joined by Alessandra Duke. And of course, Benny on the board. What up? And we will be back after this quick break. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. When someone hears the words, you have cancer, it's one of the darkest moments in their life. Light the Night brings light to the darkness of cancer by uniting survivors, patients, and supporters in the cause to end cancer. Friends, families, and coworkers form a community of hope, raising funds in support of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Together, we walk with lanterns held high to light the path to cures. Last year alone, the FDA approved 18 new drug therapies and treatments to treat blood cancers. The impact of LLS-supported research goes beyond blood cancer. The discoveries made in blood cancer research have led to breakthrough treatments for many cancers and other serious diseases. When we walk, cancer runs. Join the movement to end cancer today. Visit us at lightthenight.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... 
We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Oh, Vinny's always doing the music. Just I feel like I just came off the wall a little bit. <laughs> you know, from like yeah. being a wallflower. Uh-huh, yeah, you uh-huh, did. Uh-huh. I was a wallflower, actually. Were you? Yeah. When? That surprises me. Well, I didn't go to like too many. A big days. radio <laughs> personality. That's just a, like uh-huh. that's a cover. Don't tell anyone. That's a cover. Yeah. Okay. No, like, like hiding behind like the Wizard of Oz. I wasn't invited to too many dances, but the ones that I did attempt, but or go to attempt, attempt. go to, yeah, I just showed up. <laughs> um, nah, I just kind of hung out. I didn't really like get out there and do anything. Oh, do you wish you had done that differently? No, because yeah. I actually on, I like being on the other side, like mm-hmm. DJing. You know, I DJ yeah. weddings and stuff like that. So I like to see people have a good time. Yeah, that's always been my deal. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because it's perfect. More and more we learn about Benny. <laughs> and this is our demo. <laughs> so, right. right. This is such a great way to start a morning. It's I like agree. a little mini dance party with Benny. some friendship. With Benny. With Benny. <laughs> dance parties with Benny. We could maybe make a business out of that. <laughs> dance hey. parties with Benny. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are my agents. I've got to... I've got matchmakers. I've got agents. Yes, so I have true. a lawyer. There are so many ideas swirling uh-huh. in my mind. I've got a lawyer. That gets, a if therapist. it gets out of hand and a therapist to yes. help me afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're like power duo. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if stuff goes down. Yeah. Which <laughs> inevitably will. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay. Okay. So we were, actually, I think what we were talking about before the break about um, truthful, clear communication, the truth being kinder. And it, we were talking during the break, because um, I think it is relevant to this and also feeds into the other thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. today, um, is uh, Brooke Castillo is a, is a teacher who we've both been following. Mm-hmm. Um, she's my grand mentor. She also um, was very uh, involved in the com- uh, creation of Martha Beck's Life Coach Training Program. So she's been in my orbit for a while. Um, she has a fabulous podcast. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Mm-hmm. It's called The Life Coach School Podcast. It's so good. And I would just say, like, you know, you know, I've always had a problem with the term life coach. Like I have I still mm-hmm. stumble over it when I tell people that's what I do. Um, Because I think there are a lot of misperceptions and there's a lot of garbage out there. I mean, frankly, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, people that I think um, are, you know, uh, um, maybe not practicing with the highest ethics. I'll just say that. So um, that said, Brooke is the cream of the crop. She is um, amazing. I've watched her grow her business um, from six figures to seven figures to now eight figures on her way to nine. Um, and yeah, she is showing what is possible. That is her goal to mm-hmm. show what is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the queen of mind and thought management. Um, so she had a, I was listening to actually just yesterday, one of her episodes on boundaries. And I think it's important to our conversation on communication Yes, because, um, I think part of communicating good boundaries is how we keep ourselves. um, comfortable and safe and and we don't have a lot of violations of our boundaries which create anger and yes interpersonal problems totally. so yeah so um if i could just mention the when we were talking um let's see what was the story that we were using well the story that brooke used um on her podcast was she had a family member um where y- there needed to be some truth communicated about uh, a boundary do you want to mm-hmm. actually do you want to 
explain how she talks about boundaries? Because I think it's important to yeah. set the framework first. Yeah, because she, she says that um, the the term boundaries gets kind of overused, right? People are like, oh, I need to set a boundary. I need to you know create some boundaries here. And she says that when you're talking about boundaries, you're talking about has someone entered your physical space or your psychological space mm-hmm. in a way that is not okay with you mm-hmm. and so creating a boundary is not um is not like you said like an ultimatum so it's not punishment like sunny mm-hmm. unless you um you start showing up you know at at this time you know then our friendship is over or whatever mm-hmm. you know or you keep wearing that brown jacket and I'm out of here you know yeah. something like that <laughs> totally right that's not a boundary I can't say like I don't allow brown jackets because you can do which I like your jacket by the Thank you. Is it brown? It is brown. Okay. Um, You get to do whatever you want to do. You're an adult human. Yeah. So part of boundary setting is um, you get to wear, keep wearing the brown coat. And if I have an issue with it, I'm going to let you know what I'm going to do. Right. Or if you, you are talking to me in a way that is offensive or something, then I can say, Mm -hmm. when you talk to me this way, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave or I'm going to whatever, take a time out or whatever, mm-hmm. letting you know what kind of what the game plan is. Yeah. I, I like her example. If you've overstepped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she used an example. She had a friend who is consistently late uh, and they will make a lunch date and this friend will show up, you know, 30 minutes late or something. And, and this is on a very consistent basis. And so instead of Brooke saying to the friend, hey, you do that again and we're not friends anymore. Right. What she said was instead she set the boundary for herself, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, if you don't show up on time and I wait 15 minutes. If mm-hmm. it goes beyond 15 minutes, I'm going to go home. Like no drama, no hurt feelings, yeah. no anger, no nothing. It's just this is what That's I'm doing for myself because this is how I take care of myself. I don't wait longer than 15 minutes. Yes. And and that is not um, – it's interesting when you do it that way to take care of yourself versus trying to control what the other person does. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing how things fall into place a lot easier. Absolutely. Well, and I <laughs> – I just, I love this idea of, I mean, one of the ways, and I see this with my clients all of the time, that we we just, we can make ourselves just feel insane is when we are trying to change the behavior of someone else, yeah. right? So in Brooke's example of her late friend, mm-hmm. she could spend years, months, weeks trying to say, you know, you need to show up on mm-hmm. time. I really want you to be on time. And when you're not on time, then I feel all I feel disrespected. I feel all of this and then get mad and try to change it. And the friend can feel bad mm-hmm. and try to change it. But only because somebody else is asking that of them, not because they truly want that behavioral change for themselves. So when you let other people off the hook and let them mm-hmm. be them and you decide what you are going to do to take action in your own life and to take care of yourself, I think that is one of the most powerful tools that we can really use. I Yeah, and it is so, I will say in terms of a romantic relationship, like I remember with my ex-husband, I would really, I would want him to go to events with me because I wanted us to look like the perfect couple. I didn't want to show up by myself. Yes. And I'd be like, you have to come to these events with me. If you don't come to this event, I'm going to be hurt and it's going to be awful. And I would just try to twist his arm and get him to go places with me. And then fast forward to now, and fortunately I found the work of Byron Katie and some other, you know, and Brooke Castillo as well. And with Chase, for example, like he doesn't want to go either. And I'm usually like, 
I would love it if you came with me. I adore it when we get to go places together. But if you don't want to go to this function, that's your business. Right. And I don't control him. And, you know, it's funny when I ease up and I'm kind of like, oh, you go do your thing. I'm going to have a great time going to this. He'll be like, well, wait a minute. Maybe I'll go with you. Yes. He has (laughs) freedom to choose. Right. And when you give someone freedom to choose, it's amazing how many times things just fall into place. But I will tell Mm -hmm. you, it has improved the quality of my intimate relationships Mm -hmm. like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I love it. I mean, and I think, too, you know, I I notice it a lot. Um, You know, I get really frustrated with certain friends just wanting them to be a certain way. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is. Like, I want you to call me less. I want you to call me more. I want you to mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Brooke, Brooke Castillo also talks about the, the manual. Did mm-hmm. you, have you listened to this episode where she talks about we have this manual oh, for, I to for other people mm-hmm. in how we want them to behave, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, if I've got this friendship manual that basically it's like, if you can imagine me giving you a hard copy of a manual and saying, okay, Sonny, here's the outline of all of the things that I expect from you in a friendship. I want these following behaviors to be met. Mm-hmm. And if you're not following my manual that I created for you in how to be mm-hmm. in this world, then we're not going to be able to be friends. So I'm going to need you to change anything that's not in my manual, right? That doesn't make any sense. No. And that's what we do to one another. Mm-hmm. We do that to friends and partners and coworkers all of the time. We mm-hmm. have these these secret manuals for other people and how we want them to behave. And when they don't fulfill that, we are disappointed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, so that leads into why I think you and I have been so um, addicted to Brooke's work as of late. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really dovetails so well. Um, She developed this system, her own thought model, um, very um, much grounded in Byron Katie's work and some other spiritual teachers um, and I wanted to just share it with you guys um, because um, in talking about if we, it, no one has the power to make us feel any way, no. any certain way. We are the ones who can create and decide how we feel. Mm-hmm. And we usually, the, the way that her model goes um, is, you know, we as a human, um, there's a circumstance that happens. Mm-hmm. And this is, when we say circumstance, we're talking about something that could be proven in a court of law, like... Alessandra is human. Mm-hmm. We are in a radio studio. Um, I am wearing a gray sweatshirt. Yes. Like these are facts. facts. We yes. can all agree on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then based on the circumstances that happen around you, you will have a thought. And as we've talked about earlier in the show, what your thought is could be so violently opposite mm-hmm. <laughs> than what the reality of the situation is. Or it just may, may not be a thought that even serves you because we're not usually programmed to be super kind to ourselves. Yeah. Um, so you have a thought. That thought generates a feeling. And of course, literally, it is a chemical reaction in the body that is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And based on that feeling, you will take an action or no action in some circumstances. Mm-hmm. Based on the actions you take, you will end up getting a result. So I'll use an example um, since I talk about being an emotional eater. Um, or should I maybe choose my language better? I have a history of being an emotional eater, but that is changing. Yes. Um, So let's say um, the circumstance is, um, uh, let's just say, for example, a client is unhappy with me. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I have a thought um, that, oh, gosh. um, Or actually, let's do this. Let me do this. Sorry. Let's see. I have a thought that, oh, my gosh, um, I need to eat some cookies. I'm never going to lose weight. I will, you know, mm-hmm. this, the, I will never be able to lose weight. And then 
the emotion I feel is hopeless. Ugh. And when I'm in hopeless, the action I take is go to the cupboard and get some cookies because yeah, I'm already hopeless. It. Yeah. And then after I eat the cookies, every time I feel bad because mm-hmm. something upsets me, I end up gaining weight. And that just proves the thought that I'll never lose weight. Yes. So you get in these cycles. So what if you change the thinking? Not mm-hmm. I'll never be able to lose weight. What if you go, uh, Abraham Hicks talks about finding the better feeling thought. Mm-hmm. This is very similar. What if I find the thought that, huh, I might be able to lose weight. That feels a little better. Yep. When I have that thought, ooh, I feel even maybe a little hopeful. Like mm-hmm. I might be able to lose weight. When I feel hopeful, the action I take might be, I'm going to go into the living room, not the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the result is I don't gain weight because I'm not eating the cookies. Yes. So we get to decide the thought that we Mm -hmm. think. And based on that will be the emotion we feel, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, and I think like there's, I think about, you know, the thoughts, like there's a a circumstance that happens. And then we're thinking that when you really get, a hold of the idea that I get to choose the thought that I have about this situation, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think of it as, like, this this fork in the road that can have many directions. Yes. You know, I kind of get that visual. Choose right? your own ending story. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I even had this example, um, you know, and I think that this happens on all, all aspects of, you know, of our life. But I'll give a, a recent example that happened to me in my office the other day. I was so proud of myself because I stayed out of the drama. Oh, nice. Um, but I was in my office and I, I, you know, pretty protective of my space. And there's just been some things happening in the hallway. Like mm-hmm. there's chairs out there, a noise machine, and people will touch it or move it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, stop moving my things, right? So I was in my office the other day and I noticed one of my trash cans was missing. And this is like a cute trash can, you know, like I went to Target, picked this thing out Wait. after lots of deliberation. Yes adorable yes so I looked and all of a sudden it was gone and I was like oh no what and I I thought am I is something happening with my mind am I not seeing it and my eyes playing tricks on me like why would a trash can be gone right uh-huh. and um I I noticed in that moment even there were a couple of different thoughts that I could have had one is someone came in my office and stole my trash can that would be this my first place thought. right is that the thought you came up with? Oh, that was mine. Who stole your trash can? Who stole my uh-huh. trash can? This and this and because of that, this place is unsafe. I can't mm-hmm. have my things here. I can't have nice things. Oh. I need to leave, which creates a physical reaction yes. and response. Anxiety. I'm flooded with escape, like fight. You know, fight or flight. Right. Uh-huh. And yes, we're talking about a trash can, but uh-huh. it spins out into yeah. all of these different things, right? Or, um. I leave it somewhere? Did I take it out and leave it somewhere? Okay, no, I know I brought it in. And then I thought, I have a subletter who I rent the space to. Mm-hmm. Did she do something with it? Mm-hmm. Right? And then I could think, how dare she take it? Did she take it from me? Right? Or I could think, I wonder if I, I should just check in with her and see if she knows anything about it mm-hmm. and avoid all of those dramatic yeah options yeah. which include a physical response yeah. which I tend to be anxiety prone so I will go right down the tubes with that uh-huh. so I went with option like D here and decided just check in with her like I have no idea maybe she took it somewhere I don't I don't know what she decided to do but 
in that moment, I realized I had a choice about how I could think about the situation yeah. that I did not have enough evidence for, right? Mm -hmm. And so I emailed her, like, subject line, trash can mystery. Did you, do you know anything about <laughs> trash this trash can? can? Did you take it? And turns out she had taken it. She took it to the bathroom to, I think, you know, dump out a couple of tissues or whatever. And she said she thought she brought it back and she was pretty certain, but maybe she didn't. And could I check? And she'd be happy to replace. And I thought, okay. And I checked and there it was. I oh mean, my it just, gosh. right. But yeah. had I, but I had a couple, it's that, that seems like kind of a silly example. And maybe some people are like, seriously, why is this woman so worked up about a trash can? But I do think that this, this can be widely applied to a lot of these little mini decisions that we get oh, to make. Heck yes. Brooke Castillo says, you know, and I think a lot more people have said this too, but we have about 60,000 thoughts in oh, a yeah. day, right? And it's like, which ones do you want to cling to? Do yeah. I want to cling to the one where this environment is not safe, people steal from me, and I need to get out? Or do I want to cling to the one which is, let me find this out. No drama. No big deal. Yeah. Let me figure this out. You know, it doesn't have to mean something bigger. Right. And, and we, our minds are evidence collecting machines. So if the story that you give it is the world is unsafe, people are dishonest trash can stealers, you are <laughs> yes. absolutely going to see evidence of that everywhere. Yes. And you, yeah, you will collect it. Yes, you will. Yes. And, and, and from maybe even a more quantum perspective, you will attract that. Yes. <laughs> like, so not only is your mind collecting evidence for all the times it has happened and is happening currently, I think from a future-oriented perspective, that is, you're telling the universe it's full of dishonest trash can stealers. The universe is going to, you know, universe is, a, is like, it always says yes. It's like, yes. okay, awesome. We'll give you trash can stealers. Yes. Coming at you. Yes. So, yeah, so give your mind, um, if just notice the thoughts that you have given your mind to chew on. And are these thoughts that are collecting evidence of what you want in your life. Mm -hmm. So if maybe the thought that you could then, I mean, now fortunately you have evidence that your trash can is safe, but you know, that- <laughs> I am safe, yes, my trash can's yes. safe, all it, is well. Yeah, even if your trash can had disappeared, it could be, that was an anomaly. And the world is generally a very safe, kind place. Yeah. And let your mind go find evidence of that. You know, I have I feel like I've lived in that zone for a really long time. And so when I talk to, I have um, uh, a couple of people that are in my life pretty regularly and- um, one of them tends to be just incredibly negative, and I see mm -hmm. very negative things happening for this person, and mm -hmm. I just keep thinking, I hear the stories you repeat on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. No wonder all you see is negativity yes. all around you, the, the people around you, the news that you watch, all of these things, and I think, I give my mind good stuff to collect evidence for, and mm -hmm. I tell you, I live in a very, I think I live in a pretty thermostat setting of, of happy and pretty peaceful mm -hmm. and feeling safe Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, and I think, like, the goal doesn't have to be, you know, to be happy 100% yeah, of the that's, time. No, we're right? not going to like, be. Like, <laughs> even if we aim for 50% of the time, oh, heck that, yeah. that would be really wonderful. And I think, like, yeah, when realizing you you actually can choose that lens through which you view the world because you can you can collect just as much evidence of all of the good right when I, I even was thinking on the drive over here when I was really just feeling angry about Seattle and I was oh, living no. here and thinking oh I needed to get out of yeah. this traffic and oh my gosh and that's what I would think about when I was driving I can't believe this traffic you know this is ridiculous mm -hmm. and this morning you know like being here, I'm thinking, it's so beautiful, mm -hmm. right? And sure, 
there's traffic because a lot of people live here. But I can I can choose which thoughts I'm thinking about it. Like a lot of people live here because they love it and it's yeah. beautiful. And look at this amazing drive that I get to see on the way. Mm-hmm. That is going to set up my day a lot different than this is a terrible place and uh, there's so much traffic and why is anybody here? Yeah. And I think if you're out there listening and you're going, well, how do I even know if my thoughts are creating, mm-hmm. um, you know, collecting more evidence of the negative, creating a negative reality? Um, one of the things you can do is when you are experiencing an emotion that is uncomfortable, and I'm all about feeling our feelings, man. I think we show up in human bodies just so we can have this experience because we don't have it when, when we're in non-physical. It's all, it's all just happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, when you are in a human body and you experience uh, an uncomfortable emotion, like say, for example, there are certain mornings where I get up and they're harder than other mornings. And when I have it, like a feeling of anxiety, fear uh, or overwhelm, I will stop. And what am I thinking? And it could be something as simple as I haven't reviewed my to do list. And there are there are like I call them snakes on the to do list that are going to bite mm-hmm. me because I haven't seen them. Um, okay, so there are snakes on my to-do list. That thought is creating yep. a negative feeling. So mm-hmm. I go to that thought and I identify it and I find the better feeling thought. Oh, I'll review my to-do list the first thing I do when mm-hmm. I get to my office. So if you can backtrack, so if you're experiencing an uncomfortable emotion that you um, are not sure why and you can't seem to uh, change it or shift it, mm-hmm. uh backtrack to the thought that's causing it and if you can't identify it in your head do a little quick five minute thought download and basically just grab a piece of paper and free write for five minutes and see what comes out of your head yeah. what's swirling around in there it's not oh gosh we're right about time yeah what's swirling around there is not always uh you don't want to go it's like a, what is it is it liz gilbert or someone else said you know our neighborhood is like a i mean our mind is like a dangerous neighborhood at night like you don't want to go there alone yeah yeah so put it on paper and actually be able to review it so anyway yeah. okay i love it is that i guess is that our show benny okay yeah so sorry yep. goes by like that okay well um you have been listening to sunny in seattle t- seattle today um i am sunny joy joined by dr alessandra duke and this was first friday on sunny in seattle with benny on the board and nancy called Yay. oh nancy it says Hi, and thanks for bringing me on the show. So, Oh, oh why didn't you bring her on? She Well, you guys were in the middle of conversation. Oh, my gosh. Bang on the window and let us know. I would love to. Nancy, we love you. My apologies, Nancy. I, I didn't know that. Nancy. I'm sorry. I was just passing along oh, the message. Oh, no, that's awesome. Okay, so we will, Nancy. There goes wanna... my hookup. Oh, like, sorry. <laughs> Nancy, call it's back over. next first Whatever. Friday, and we'll bring you on the show if you want to come say hi in person. Or not in person, yeah. but over the, you know, Over live. the air. We'll make live. it happen. Let's okay. just say that. <laughs> Okay, thanks everybody. Have an awesome <laughs> Thank weekend. You. Bye. Bye.